It's Morning Edition on KQED. I'm Danielle Venton. As the Israel-Hamas war stretches into its ninth week, the footage from overseas continues to shock. Many posts on social media are full of atrocities. KQED health correspondent Leslie McClurg tells us about two people living here in the Bay Area who are struggling to take care of their mental health. A warning, this story refers to graphic details from the war. Like a lot of us, Shoshana Howard learned about the initial attacks on Israel when she was scrolling through social media. She happened upon a video that went viral in the days after the attack. It showed what appeared to be Hamas fighters pulling a blindfolded woman with blood seeping through her sweats out of a truck. And that broke me. And then seeing friends calling it liberation. Howard, who is Jewish, couldn't believe people she knew were writing comments that to her felt anti-Semitic. That's when I started to have night terrors and I was ending my days going into my closet and just would cry, like turn off the lights, close the door. It just felt like what I had to do. She couldn't stop thinking about her cousins living in Israel. As the days passed, it became harder to focus on running her communications business in Oakland. Like, I just was so fragile. She didn't want to lean on her Jewish friends because they were also suffering. Simultaneously, she received almost no messages from friends outside the Jewish community. The experience that's happened is just a very deep isolation. She finds relief in listening to sermons online or to Hebrew songs. And talking to her psychotherapist, who recommended taking a break from social media. That was really, really significant for my mental health. It's advice that Robin Bloom suggests to her clients. So it's almost like setting yourself uh, a diet of how much and when it's appropriate for you to catch yourself up on what's going on. Bloom is a therapist with Jewish Family and Children's Services in San Francisco. She also suggests people find somewhere to talk a place that you can go, that you can let down your guard, that you can speak your truth, and even do the work of accessing deeper truths. Many organizations are offering support groups right now. You can also join a sewing circle or take a walk in nature. Halima Barucha says she feels less helpless when she's protesting. Those are spaces to grieve and process. She volunteers for groups that have organized numerous walkouts and rallies. We will continue to show up in the streets until we see a free Palestine! Barucha is a 25-year-old Muslim graduate student at UC Berkeley. The moment she wakes up in the morning, she scrolls through social media to find out what's happening. She says the footage makes her want to vomit, scream, cry. She couldn't eat after watching videos of abandoned newborns at a hospital in Gaza. Nurses had fled during intense fighting. How could you have an appetite after you saw decomposing babies in a hospital? Yesterday at the library, she says she started to hallucinate. Like, there was a plastic wrapper that fell, but in my mind for like two seconds, I thought it was a rat crawling towards me, and I just jumped. Or I thought the person sitting next to me was, like, moving, but they weren't. These symptoms reflect secondary trauma, according to Sarah Galalini. She's a licensed psychotherapist in Berkeley. Even if you yourself aren't the person who's been impacted really deeply, if you're surrounded by it or witnessing to it, you yourself 
are also part of that, even if you don't realize that you are. Some people may find relief praying. Others may feel better after exercise. But Galaini says nothing is going to take away the pain. Or heal this really quickly. She says we're all experiencing collective grief. What's happening is not normal. What's happening is awful. And it's happening to a lot of people, whether you're there or not. Galaini's best advice is to slow down. Give yourself and the people around you a lot of grace. I'm Leslie McClurg, KQED News.